grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this evening, the familiar Sunday school story for many of us, Genesis 11, 1 to 9, the account of the Tower of Babel, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. If I asked you to describe the word hate, how would you do it? Now, don't cheat. You can't give me a name of a person that you already hate. That's not what I'm talking about. When you think of the word hate, what comes to mind? Fighting? Warring? Discord? Anger? Bitterness? Rage? Rioting? What comes to mind? There are many things when that word hate is before us that comes to our mind and our heart. Maybe a way that we would describe how we feel or what's going on in our world. But I can pretty well guarantee you that when you think of the word hate, you do not think of unity. They seem opposite, don't they? And yet hate has a way of unifying. Oh, it's not a true unity. It's, a, it's an evil unity, but it's a unity nonetheless. People who are divided because of their, their pride, their selfishness, their ambitions, their sin, oftentimes are brought together. They are united when they have a common enemy. They hate something so much that they can unite against it. My friends, that is exactly what we see happening in our text from Genesis 11. We have all these different people that have come together. They are united. And they are united in hate. Didn't teach you that in Sunday school, did they? Why are all these people so bound and determined to build a city and a tower to heaven and make a name for themselves? Because they hate God. They hate God's word. They hate God's promises. And this hatred has united them in a common goal and a common cause. God had just delivered Noah and his family from the horror of the worldwide catastrophic flood. Noah and his family, as they left the ark, they were told, 
be fruitful and multiply. They were told, go and disperse and fill up the whole earth. And as a promise that I will never, ever, ever send a flood to destroy the world, I put my rainbow in the sky. God's promise is attached to the rainbow. God's word, be fruitful and multiply. God's word, go and fill up the whole country, the whole world, disperse. God's promise, see my rainbow, my promise of love. But the people, they despised God and his word. They didn't believe him. They didn't trust him. Oh, sure, they wanted to build a tower that reached up to God in the heavens. But very practically speaking, they wanted to build a tower so the next time the big flood came, they would stay high and dry. They didn't want to disperse. They liked it where they were. They didn't trust God. They didn't trust his word. And so they began to build a city. And in this city, a tower, a massive tower, a tower that would literally storm heaven. They would climb this tower and work their way to heaven and storm God. One of the greatest acts of open rebellion in all of scripture. The historian, the Greek historian Strabo, or Strabo, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. In about the year A.D. 20, said that the base of the Tower of Babel still exists. This is centuries later. And the base of this tower is 416 cubits long, 416 cubits wide, 416 cubits high. That's a cubit that roughly translates into two and a half football fields. Long, wide, high. You think they were serious? about building a tower and storming heaven, you better believe it. And so what does God do? The, the Hebrew here in Genesis 11, it's almost comical. It's like God is so far up into the heaven and their tiny little building project trying to reach up into heaven is so tiny. That God is going to go all the way down there and deal with their rebellion. And he does. He deals with their rebellion by confusing their languages. Unable to communicate the building project, the city itself was left to the sands of time. My friends, Hate often unites. We see this in the life of Jesus, don't we? 
the scribes, the Pharisees, the priests, the teachers of the law, they all hated each other. But there was one thing that they hated more. They hated Jesus. And so they uh, agreed to disagree. They put their differences aside. They united their hate together. And they focused their hate on Jesus. They plotted. They schemed. They fixed the jury in the court. Jesus, beaten, mocked, crucified, dead, buried. My friends, hate united against Jesus. Open rebellion against the Son of God. Open rebellion against God's Word in the flesh. Open rebellion against God's promise that He would send a Savior who would save the world from sin, death, and the devil. It appeared that hate had won. And then came that first Easter morning. Hate is very, very powerful. But there is one thing that is much more powerful than hate. One thing that is more powerful than hate and brings a true unity, not a fake, false, phony unity. And that is the love of God. The love of God that took the stone-cold dead body of Jesus and raised it from the dead, never to die again. Jesus living, shows himself, gives many convincing proofs for 40 days that it is not a ghost, it is not a mirage, it is not a fable or a myth. Here is Jesus, God in the flesh, who was dead and is now alive. 40 days after Easter, Jesus physically, bodily, ascends into heaven to his rightful place at the right hand of God filling all things with his power. And he promises. He promises to his disciples. Wait. Wait for power from on high. Throughout the upper room discourse that we've heard on Sunday mornings for the last many weeks, and we heard again tonight, John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus promises to send the Holy Spirit the paraclete, the comforter, the helper, the advocate, the Holy Spirit who will teach you everything that I have said, who will remind you of all of the truth that God has given you in His Word. In fact, let's call Him the Spirit of Truth. On that first Pentecost, and we heard the historical account in our second reading for tonight. There was a loud rushing wind, tongues of fire, and the disciples, regular, common, ordinary people, were miraculously 
able to preach in languages that they had never studied. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that miracle? Can you imagine waking up tomorrow and being able to speak fluent Swahili? Can you imagine waking up tomorrow and being able to speak fluent Portuguese? Can you imagine waking up tomorrow and being able to speak fluent Russian? That's utterly impossible. It can happen, but it did. And it wasn't just the miracle of the disciples being able to communicate in languages that they had never studied. The point is the content of their communication. They did not talk about the weather. They did not talk about sports. They did not talk about who was going to win the next election. They didn't even talk about the latest riot or pandemic. They communicated clearly the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus, the God-man, the Messiah, for them and for their salvation. In that proclamation, Babel is reversed. Do you see that? God mixed up all of the languages at the Tower of Babel so that hate and evil would be thwarted. And on Pentecost, all of the languages of the world find their unity in Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what language you speak, hear, know, or communicate in. The gospel of Jesus Christ is for you. There is one unity that swallows up all disunity and discord. And that is the gospel. The life-giving, life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. In God's great love, He sends Jesus. For all the times when we've said hateful things, for all the times when we have thought hateful thoughts, for all of the times we have burned with hate, maybe even against someone we say we love. For all of these sins and more, Jesus loved you with an everlasting love. He put his life on the line. He took all the hatred that the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh could throw at him. And he came out victorious. The love of God conquers hate. And it unites us as one. Not in a political, economic, socio any kind of unity that you can think of. But it unites us in the forgiveness of sins. It unites us with the blood of Jesus Christ.
My friends, Pentecost is the Tower of Babel reversed. And every time you hear the gospel of Jesus Christ in your own language, and you can understand it, that is God having a Pentecost for you. Right there. Right here. Right now. We sang these words just a few moments ago. Come, Holy Ghost, God and Lord, with all your graces now outpoured on each believer's mind and heart, your fervent love to them impart. Lord, by the brightness of your light, in holy faith, your church unite. From every land and every tongue, this to your praise, O, o Lord, our God be sung. Alleluia. Alleluia. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our love, our unity in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Having heard the word of God, we are bold to confess our faith.